Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. There's a major difference between information and revelation. Information will not change your life until it becomes revelation. Because a lot of us know a lot of stuff that's never really germinated in us to produce change in our lives. Everybody wave at me if that's you. The rest of y'all just too embarrassed to admit it. That we know a lot more and believe a lot more than we live sometimes. But I felt like in worship that God said there's going to be an impartation today. That I'm not going to just preach another sermon and I'm not crazy enough to believe that I'm going to impart into everybody. But I'm about to sow some seed into some fertile ground. That I'm not about to preach anything you don't know. The question is, is it going to become revelation to your spirit? Amen. So I need you to prepare the ground. Amen. Because the seed's good. Amen. Me, Russ, and Larry, we went into the farming business together. And so we planted all day the other day, or some of the day. Amen. And all of that seed was good. But if that ground is not good and it don't receive it, it cannot produce. This seed's good. Are you ready to receive revelation and impartation? Amen. Uh, so you may need to shake your neighbor and tell him you're going to have to excuse me. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. I come to get revelation and I don't need to be distracted now. I'm ready to receive. Amen. I'm, I, 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 I thought long and hard for the title of my sermon this morning. So I need you to write it down lest you forget it. Wait. Just wait. Go ahead and tell your neighbor, just wait. Right before you freak out, just wait. Before you throw in the towel, just wait. Amen. Before you change course of action, just wait. Just wait. But if you don't understand um, the, the, the word wait and hope, we've just, it don't, it don't have its true meaning in the 21st century church, especially in the Western culture, because hope is a negative connotation in our language. But in the Bible, it's excited anticipation and expectation of the goodness of God. And wait has a totally different uh, concept as well. And if you don't understand it, uh, you won't get the full revelation of this sermon. So that's where we're going to start. Uh, if you will, turn with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 40. <coughs> and uh, all the scriptures will be on the screen this morning because Nisha has agreed to miss out on being out here, to be in there, to help you out. And, and everything on the screen will be in the New King James Version. Isaiah chapter number 40, 31. Although I don't have a New King James Version Bible. So we're going to try to tie these scriptures together. The Bible says, But those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, if you're taking notes, we're already preaching. I got several more scriptures to read. I, I need you to understand. But those that wait 
The word wait is the same word as the word expectation. It's the same word as hope. And it literally means cord. C-O-R-D. Cord. I couldn't understand where God was pulling me into this word story. What do you mean? Weight means cord. It means rope. It means to tie. It literally means, if you look it up, it means to be twisted together. To become one with. That I'm tied to it. They that are tied to the Lord. Get up. You see, this, this, this is nothing new because the Mayans, anybody ever read about the Mayans? I mean, the earliest uh, centuries of, of people, some of the smartest people on the earth, amen, uh, they're the ones that come up with the phrase that when you get married, you ever heard, you're going to tie the knot? Amen. This word wait, amen, is what established the tie the knot. It means to be tied together. It means to be in covenant with one another. You have heard the old marriage uh, uh, cliche of, we're going to give you my hand in marriage. Well, until the early 30s, there is a culture that still, that a marriage ceremony was actually, instead of holding hands, this is how we hold hands. Are you following me? We're the ones we love. They tied their hands together. They were literally, this was the marriage ceremony, they were tied together because they understood that sometimes they would be opposition. Oh my God, are y'all okay? That maybe I wouldn't have the strength to hold on to you so when my love couldn't hold you, my commitment tied me to you. Yeah, double side. My commitment tied you to to tied me to you. So when my feelings were going crazy, I was still tied. Oh, is anybody listening to me? We don't understand this concept because everybody thinks it's love that holds marriage together. Love is an emotion that wanes. Sometimes I have to be tied to my wife to help me get through the times that my emotions are out of whack. They that wait upon the Lord. They that are in covenant with. They that are twisted together and, and, and become one. They will renew their strength. <coughs> They'll mount up, with ing- uh, uh, mount up with wings as eagles. They're the ones who's going to be carried to the next dimension. Uh, I'm going to help somebody in this place this morning. Because I'm about to ta- uh, deal with endurance. Uh, We've been dealing with consistency. This morning we're going to deal with endurance, which is the sister of consistency. And what I'm talking about, you got to get this right now, early in this teaching. Amen. The endurance I'm talking about is not the endurance of your feelings, but your faith. You need to get that because we are a very, uh, uh, I use this word uh, Wednesday night, uh, uh, we're a very fleshly generation. And we tie our feelings to our faith. Amen. And our faith is high when our feelings are high. Amen. So when our feelings don't endure, we think we lost the faith. 
Amen. So when the Bible's talking about endurance, it ain't talking about your feelings and emotions. Amen. Because sometimes they have to be tied to my faith because they're not wanting to make the trip. Oh, my God, let me help somebody. Amen. And you'll think because you don't feel like doing it, you don't feel like going, you don't feel like worshiping, you don't feel like being committed, then you'll start beating yourself up. Amen. Because you think your feelings are your faith. Amen. But you don't realize my feelings are not the product. Amen. They don't constitute my faith. My faith will worship when my feelings are just tied to it. Amen. My faith says it doesn't matter what I feel. I know what I know. It doesn't matter what I see. I know what I know. Oh, my God. Help me this morning. So some of you have connected your feelings with a feel good. We've even brought it into the spirit. I felt led to. What if we just did it because God said to? He just said to. Well, I don't feel like that's my ministry. I don't feel like I, I don't have compassion for that. I don't have this. Amen. But he said, I want you to be ready unto any good work. We haven't learned. Sensual. That's the word I'm talking about. We're so sensual, we connect everything to our feelings. Amen? So our feelings determine if I'm going to have joy today. Oh, I'm already preaching. I, I'm, I'm trying to get to my text, but my feelings decide whether I'm going to have peace today. We haven't learned that there is a faith that always goes beyond my feelings. Can I help you right now? When you first get saved, God will let your soul lead for a little while. Oh, I need y'all to catch this. He'll let, he has to because you're sensual. So he'll stir up emotions. But your emotions can only take you so far, and then you have to step into the realm of faith. Oh, God, I'm just teaching right now. you got to step into the realm of faith. And a lot of people get caught in cycles that God will say, okay, I'm going to stir up your feelings and your emotions, and you're going to start that fast. You're going to start that ministry. You'll start that class, and you leave church, and you're all fired. Is anybody in this place? I'm all fired up because I'm going to make a difference. Amen. And all your emotions and your spirit are one. Amen. And one week later, get up and go to church. God, he's teaching better than y'all shout. Amen. And then all of a sudden you say, well, it must have not been the Lord because my flesh is not propping up what God said in the spirit. Amen. And what you don't realize is God has brought you to a level of maturity or he's trying to bring you to a level of maturity because the flesh has gone as far as it can go. My emotions have gone as far as they can go. So now I have to start walking by faith and not by but if you don't realize that, you'll go through cycle after cycle. Cycle after cycle. Amen. And God's so merciful that he'll stir your soul up sometimes. Oh, God is so good. It's just, I'm so glad to be here. Uh, I'm just so, it's so, God is so good. He's everywhere. He's in the clouds. Oh, that cloud looks like Jesus' head. Do you see that head? Do you see Jesus' head in that cloud? I don't see nothing but a blob. God, this is just too real. You see Jesus in everything. Only for two days later, he ain't nowhere. He ain't nowhere. At all time, he said, I'm just trying to get you to step out. Amen. So some of you have been in this thing 10, 20 years. Amen. That'll get a word from God in a season of soul. Amen. To give one word and go 
We got a long way to go. Are y'all ready? So today I'm going to talk about endurance. But I'm not talking about the endurance of your flesh. Because it's designed to leave him behind. Where, oh, that's a word right there. Where, where God's taking you, it was designed to leave you behind. Because you got you where you are now. You, 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 your soul, your five senses got you where you are now. So God's going to take you by the hand and he's going to lead you past you. Hence the challenge. The challenge. Let's look at some more scripture and then we're going to teach. Go with me to Hebrews 6.11. Somebody shout, wait on the Lord. Hebrews chapter number 6, verse number 11. We desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. We desire that each one of you show the same diligence of full assurance of hope. How long? To the end of what? To the consummation of what you're praying for. Now, I need to establish something before I go any further. Is anybody praying for anything? I know we're praying for lots of things. We're praying for everything. But is anybody right now standing for something? Somebody. Healing. Salvation of children. Manifestation of the supernatural in your life. Today, if you receive impartation... You're going to leave this building with everything you need to see it happen. Did you hear what I just said? That's a bold statement. You're finna leave here with everything you need to make it happen. But you have got to hold on to the same hope you started with all the way through. How many knows it's a challenge? Believe it in the beginning, but with every step, it'll wane. With every symptom, it'll wane. With every, every insult, it'll wane. Can, I'm just going to be real this morning. Y'all help me or not, I'm just going to be real. because I can be real with this because I know I live it. Amen. And we start out with high expectations only to wait. And he said, I desire that every one of you show the same diligence till I am sure that what he said in the beginning is going to happen. It don't matter, amen, what that kid is doing, what that daughter is doing, what that son is doing, amen. I'm not looking at what he is doing. I'm looking at what Jesus done. And I'm standing on what Jesus said. Amen. And I'm holding on the same hope that I got when I heard it. <coughs> and I'm going to hold on to it until my eyes see it. Hold on. Hold on to that same. Verse number 12. And that you be not slothful. That you be not slothful. New King James says sluggish. The Greek is actually be not inactive. Catch that. Write it down. Be not inactive or lazy. Don't get lazy before your promise comes. Don't kick it in neutral because you're not seeing anything with your eyes. 
I've told you, I'm just going to preach scripture and put some thoughts with it today. Don't, don't kick it in neutral. Anybody ever kicked it in neutral? Praying, declaring, believing, huh? prophesying, standing firm. And over a period of time, we'll kick it in neutral. And we're just here. Oh, my God, I'm preaching this. We're just here. I'm just here. My mind's in neutral. My spirit's in neutral. I am as inactive as I can be. But I'm just here. I'm just here. And we call this walking by faith. When really, there's no engagement whatsoever. I just kicked it in neutral. I just kicked it in neutral. And I'm just waiting for another wind to hit my sails. And maybe by the grace of God, another little puff will come. Move me just a little further. Move me in another direction. He said, be not, be not inactive. Don't get sluggish, but rather imitate those. God Almighty. Imitate those who through and... And that word is translated endurance. But here, I need you to follow the example. Shake your neighbor right now and tell him, follow the example. Just follow the example. Just follow the example. I just want you to follow the example, okay? Follow the example of those who through faith and in and endurance inherit the promises. Verse 13. For when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater... He swore by himself saying, blessing, I'm going to bless you. Surely. I'm glad you pointed that out. Surely means truly. And when God says truly, he's trying to emphasize it's a fact. It's a fact. He said, I so want you to have consolation that my promise should be enough. He said, but because you're a mere man, y'all like to swear things so that you'll know you're serious. So he said, I raised my hand and I swear I'm going to bless you. Oh, my God. Your heavenly father standing in heaven with his right hand up saying, I swear. I swear. And usually when a man swears, he swears by someone greater than himself. In case you think I can't fulfill it, that person can. Amen. So Josh may not be able to get done what his dad can. So he may tell you, I swear by Dean Love. Amen. We're going to get this done for you because he's the head of this house. Well, God said, when I got ready to swear, I looked around for somebody greater than me. He said, when I got ready to give you consolation because I could find no one as great as me, he said, I swear on my integrity, I'm going to bless you. I swear on my character, I'm going to multiply you. And so, after, somebody shout after. After he patiently, he obtained the promise. After, after, after. He endured. Listen, you that are taking notes, endured comes, comes from a Greek word, hupomenio. I don't know if I'm saying, that sounded like Spanish, didn't it? I'm speaking Spanish instead of Greek. Hupo means under, beneath. It means inferior position or condition. Hupomenio means to stay, to continue. To stand, to remain or undergo. 
So the word endure means to stand steadfast even in inferior conditions. In low places. After they stood when it looked like it was impossible, they obtained the promise. Are you following me? Are you following? I'm going to go into another scripture here. It was the standing in the midst of opposition that positioned me to receive my miracle. That's what he said. He said, now I need you to follow the example. Follow the, imitate them. Amen. That it wasn't just a lot of praying, shouting, crying, and carrying on to get their miracle. They got the promise for God, and they stood in inferior situations and circumstances, conditions and positions, amen, and declared he is able to do what he said he was going to do. Amen. Somebody shout, remain. Stay there. Don't bail out. Hold on to your promise. In spite of the inferior conditions that you are in, if God said it, he said, I swear, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply. I'm going to make a way. I'm going to break the bondage. I'm going to save them. I'm going to deliver them. I'm going to change your finances. Amen. But he said it's going to be after you have patiently endured. After you have stood. Let's go just a little bit further. Is that all my scriptures there? All right. Turn with me now to Hebrews 10. Oh my God, you got to get these scriptures down. I'm giving you something to take home with you to study. Hebrews chapter number 10. Verse 35 says, Do not cast away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of... For you have need of... Endurance. You think there's a lot of stuff you need. In the situation in, you feel like there's a lot of stuff you need. But the word said, there's one thing you need right now is endurance. You have need of, of staying power. You have need of the ability to stand up under these inferior situations. This, 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 this inferior condition that you're in. You have need of patience. So that after, I'm in 36, so that after you have done the will of God, what happens? Somebody shout after. I believe we're dealing with the very thing that's standing between us and answered prayer right now. It's the endurance. The standing up under adverse situations and circumstances. Even when everything's saying no, standing up under. Standing up under, standing strong. Let's get through these scriptures. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. But the just shall live by, not your feelings, not your emotions. Amen. And that word tarry, it says, let me give you that in 37. Yet for a little while, and he that shall come will come, and he will not Terry, that word Terry there means he'll not be late. He'll not be late. You might think he's too late. 
You may think he's late. And if you don't understand that, because if you think you're waiting on somebody, amen, to take you somewhere, amen, but if they don't show up when you think they ought to show up, you may get another ride. Be careful not to take another ride. Oh, my God. Somebody's got to get this stuff now. Be careful because you didn't have the ability to wait because you thought he's late. Anybody ever been in a situation you think he might be late? Let me ask you this. Anybody in a situation you think he might be late? I wonder how many Lazaruses we buried because we thought he was late. I wonder how many promises we forfeited because we could not wait. And we got antsy when he was wanting to produce the miracle. Amen. But we took another We took another way. We, we let fear come in. We let anxiety come in. Or we started pulling from another source because I thought he was late. But the word says, somebody said the word said, the word says he will not be late. Maybe he's trying to produce something in your life that you could see the, the greatness and the goodness of God that you could not see if you don't wait. Somebody shout wait. This is the times when you can't be holding hands with him. You got to be tied to him because everything's trying to move your emotions. Oh, I didn't take the time to read those scriptures in my last scriptures, but he said that our faith is an anchor to my soul. You know why your soul needs an anchor? It's prone to drift. Huh? It's prone to drift. Amen. So I got to be tied to something that is steadfast, unmovable, and unshakable. Amen. So quit beating yourself up because your emotions drift and stand up under. Wait. Wait. When your emotions and feelings are saying, Bella, Bella. He said, except you abide in the ship. You cannot be saved. And the soldiers, the soldiers he said, you better cut them skiffs off. Amen. Somebody needs to cut her loose and let her fall. You need to let that other way. Cut it off. Cut it off. Oh, but it's the only way I'm going. No, except you abide in the ship. Amen. Shake your neighbor and tell them, cut it loose. Cut it loose. That other way, cut it loose. You're so awesome, baby. She's so awesome. God's got so much for her. You got to cut it loose. Amen. But we, we don't have the enduring power. So we're so bad about taking another route. Who am I preaching to? I mean, I'm just looking at you. I don't know if I'm preaching to you. Are you listening to me? Amen. And we say we're walking by faith. And he's saying, wait, tie yourself to it. Because sometimes you're going to want to drift off course. Amen. The vessel you're in is known to drift. And it's called the body. It's called the soul. It's called the emotions. And the waves of tribulation are crashing. And the wind is blowing. I'll tell you what my soul will do. It'll drift off. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So sometimes I'm tied to him and my emotions are doing this. Oh God, who am I preaching to this morning? Amen. And if you're, yeah, your whole body's doing this. And if you're not careful, you'll think that's your faith. But your faith, 
Your faith is still standing there. It's still standing there. And it'll stand under inferior conditions until the storm settles. He said, he said, yet a little while, and he who's coming will come. I like the way he said it. Tell your neighbor, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's already on the way. He's coming. He's already making his move. He's already coming. He's coming. He that's coming will come. God, that's good, isn't it? And, and, and oh, yeah, by the way, he, he won't be late. Another word is delay. He won't delay. But we're like Martha, Lord, if you'd have been here. If you'd have just been here, we wouldn't have buried our brother. If you would have been here, he'd have never died. He said, if you believe on me, no man's going to die. Oh, I know, Lord, in the sweet by and by. In the sweet by and by, he's going to be resurrected. Oh, I know. I know. In the sweet by and by, he's going to be resurrected. So we just went ahead and buried him. Some great day. Oh, my God. Some great day. Some great day in the sweet by and by, I'm finally going to be healed. <laughs> I'm finally going to be delivered. I'm finally going to be blessed. And Jesus stopped with chagrin. He stopped with chagrin. He snorted in anger is what that means. And said, don't you know, I am the resurrection. I am your deliverance. I am your salvation. Don't you know, you ain't got to wait to some sweet by and by. Wait on me. Hey, tie yourself to me. Don't beat yourself up because you got to be tied. Hosea said, I drew you with cords. You would have flipped out, freaked out. and <laughs> He said, the only thing kept you, you was tied to me. You was twisted together with me. You were covenanted with me. Amen. We need to preach this in marriage seminars. Uh, it ain't that beautiful blonde hair and blue eyes that kept me. Sometimes in my eyes turn red. And they cross and they run out on stems and they look in different directions and I'm confused. And she starts speaking in a foreign language that I can't understand. And that beautiful little body contort. At least I could preach it like I've seen it. <laughs> you hear me? And what is so, everybody, everybody knows I'm married up. It ain't no secret I'm married up. Look at that. Amen. I'm married up. Ain't no doubt about it. But sometimes it wasn't her beauty that held me. It was I was tied to her with a covenant. Somebody ought to help me right there. Sometimes my emotions were saying, you ain't got to put up. Oh, come on, men. Somebody help me. Amen. You ain't got to put up. I'm just going to be honest with you. Sometimes it was the only thing that held me to my Christ because I didn't feel like serving him. Oh, I'm just going to be real. I didn't feel like worshiping him. I didn't feel like doing the right thing. Matter of fact, I felt like doing the wrong thing. But Paul said, I've been constrained by the love of God. I've been constrained by the love of God. Here you are thinking you did something great. And God said, I was pulling you. I was tied to you. Somebody say, tie the knot. That's why some of you can't endure. You ain't tied the knot. Then when every little feeling comes, every little addiction comes. Amen. It ain't a sin to want it. Uh, some, sometimes it'll walk by. Oh, God, I'm preaching better than you shouting. I'm just preaching better than you shouting. Amen. Amen. 
<laughs> I'm preaching that guy back there. He's laughing to cover it up, but I'm talking to him. Huh? Why? Because of my feelings and emotions. And that's why he said, Megan, I got to be anchored to something that's bigger than me. I got to be anchored to double shakai. When my kids are going crazy, amen, when my spouse is acting nuts, I got to be anchored to something that is greater than standing in heaven with his right hand in the air saying, I swear, I'll bless you. But you got to follow the example. Be an imitator of those who through faith and patience inherited their promises. Either's coming's coming. But, my people will live by faith. God, my sons, they'll live by faith. That scripture actually says the righteous. Those in right standing with me. They're tied to me. they tied to me. And when they're wanting to bail out, they're tied to me. He said, he'll come. And he won't be late, but I just need you to understand the just will live by what he believes in his God, not what he feels in his flesh. Oh my. But if any man draws back, I ain't got no pleasure in him. Larry and uh, Russ was teaching me how to form, and I was the tractor man. And I had my little planter behind me. And it was planting seed. Larry said, uh, I meant Russ said, now look, find you something way out across that field. Flukey told me this one time. He said, find you something. Because in my tractor, or Nathan's tractor, I got bored. It don't have a GPS on it. I am the, GP, I am the global positioning system. So he said, find you something. And don't take your eye off of it. Don't, don't, don't take your eye off of it. And he said, that way you'll make a straight row. And my grandkids was over there playing. And while I was watching, I found myself watching grandkids. Oh, my God. And I was preaching this sermon. And Russ, he's walking behind me. Ho, stop, go, quick, slower, up. And I'm trying to focus. I'm trying to focus. Is anybody listening to me? And when I looked over and seen my grandkids playing, I thought of the scripture, he that puts his hand to the plow. Somebody help me right here. He that puts his hand to the plow and looks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Amen. When you get you, you'll never get a promise your soul is not tied to. You'll never receive a miracle, amen, that your faith is not tied to. And I told myself, you got to focus. You got to, oh, that's a word for somebody. Shake your neighbor right now and tell them what you're looking at. Focus, focus, focus. You're, 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 you're getting over in the butter beans. You're getting the butter beans in the squash. Amen. Why? Because you're letting voices. You're letting circumstances, you're letting how that daughter is acting, how your body is acting, get your eye off the promise. That's somebody's word in this place right now. If anybody looks back, he said, my soul ain't got no pleasure. He said, if any man draws back, my soul ain't got no pleasure because it lets me know you didn't believe I was coming. 
you, you didn't wait because you didn't think I'd show up. It was an indictment against my character because you started thumbing. You started thumbing a ride with strangers that you don't even know where they're going to take you and what they're going to do to you because you didn't think I was coming. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You, you, you climbed in the car of fear. You climbed in the car of self-preservation because you didn't think I was coming. You didn't. So it's an indictment against me that when I got there, at the perfect time, you were gone. You were gone. I need you to follow the example. Be imitators of those who through faith and endurance inherited their promises. You have need of endurance that after you have stood in the will of God, brother, when your flesh is screaming, I got to have this, I want that, all of these things and voices. I got to stay focused and I got to endure. I got to stand up under inferior conditions and thoughts running through my mind. I got to, I got to stand and remain and remain. Last verse. But we are not of those who draw back. Well, Paul, he, he'd, he'd kidney punch you and then encourage you. You're standing there with your breath knocked out of you. He's picking you up. But that's not you. <laughs> you, you that's not you. You're not, you're not those. They are those who do it, but that's not you. We, we're not of those who won't wait. We're, we're not of those who draw back to destruction, but we're those who believe it. We're those that stand, even in an inferior position. Even in a low place, we stand. That's who you are. Are y'all listening to your pastor this morning? That's who you are. I don't know about your soul because that thing's unpredictable as Louisiana weather. Amen. But I know about the spirit because it come from God. And if you quit judging yourself by that thing called the soul and start judging yourself by that spirit that you're anchored to, you may flip and flop for a while, but when it's said and done, you still in your geographical location of faith. Of faith. No, where, where's those? I got one more scripture in my text, then we're going to preach. <laughs> so I heard that. Somebody over here says it's going to be a long day. <laughs> Turn with me to James. No, I'm just preaching my scriptures and I'm done. James <laughs> chapter 5, verses 10 and 11. Somebody shout, follow the example. Take my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction and endurance. Verse 11. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. Wow. We, can't, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and you have seen the end, the intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and he's 
merciful. Can I tell you something? We would have never seen the glory if Job hadn't have endured. Wow. Job's endurance allowed us to see how pitiful the Lord is. That word means merciful and compassionate. No wonder he said, follow the example. You hear me? Job didn't have a Bible. Matter of fact, they say Job was the second book of the Bible. Chronologically. They say it was written before Moses. Job didn't have a point of reference. He didn't have an example to follow. Amen. He, he, he was pioneering something. He was a pioneer of faith. So, so Job's endurance allowed us thousands of generations later to glean by what he endured. I wonder how much glory we forfeit because we don't endure. I wonder how much glory of God is diminished because we don't endure. Can I just share my heart this morning? I wonder how many miracles we don't get to testify about because we don't endure. Thank God that Job was able to endure or God would have got a bad rap. Amen. It would have been a cruel God to put a man through what he went through only to let him die in the condition he was in. He said, you have heard of the perseverance of Job and now you have seen the end of the Lord. I'm glad we just didn't have to hear what Job went through. But because he was willing to endure it, we got to see the glory. I wonder what would happen if we started standing in the midst of our dilemmas. I wonder what, how much glory we would bring to God if we started tying ourselves to him, standing and enduring right in the midst of it all, saying, I will wait. Somebody shout, I will wait. I said, somebody shout, I would wait. Psalms 27 and 13. Let me throw these scriptures at you. Psalms chapter 27, 13 and 14 said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 14. I would have, but wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Hey, man, I'm preaching to some people right now that you're living in a land of discouragement. You're living in a land of opposition. You're living in a land to where you can't see. And he said, I would have fainted. I would have passed out. I would have given up. I would have backed out. The only thing that held me steady, amen, was I believed that I was going to see the goodness of God. I can't explain what I'm going through. I can't explain the condition my children are in. Amen. And I would faint if I focused on them too much. But what I believe has got me waiting. It's got me waiting. It's got me waiting. And waiting is not inactivity. Waiting, waiting amen, you got to catch this. Waiting is not inactivity. Waiting is excited expectation that provokes activity. Digging is waiting. Oh, my God. Can I work this just a few more minutes? It's still pretty early. They needed water in the desert. They asked the prophet, and he said, well, if you need water, dig some ditches. Amen. 
So they so expected that God was going to show up that they began to dig the ditches to hold the water that God was going to bring. So waiting is not inactivity. Waiting is preparing for what God is going to give you. Amen. Sometimes waiting is not inactivity. It's your time to worship. Sometimes it's your time to worship. Amen. I said sometimes it's your time to worship. Amen. Waiting is not inactivity. It's engaging with endurance. Oh my God, catch this. Waiting is so twisting and tying myself to the word that nothing can shake me loose. And I'm in covenant with the word in spite of what my circumstances are sending. And I'm going to stand with the same hope I started with tomorrow and the next day. And the next day, and I'm going to endure until I see the goodness of God manifested in my life. God reminded me, catch this, that Peter was put in jail. James had done been beheaded. It was a political move. It was a political move to, to, to strike fear in the hearts of the Christians by Jewish leaders. So they cut James's head off to try to stamp out this movement. They caught Peter and put him in jail. Said, as soon as Passover's over, we're going to kill him too. But the Bible says that prayer was made by the church without ceasing. Somebody ought to write that down. Without ceasing. Prayer was made by the church without ceasing. Meaning they prayed. And they continue to pray. They prayed and they endured in prayer. They prayed and they kept praying. Now we always already know it's a biblical precedence that prayer engages angels on your behalf. Right? The whole time Daniel was praying, God had an angel working on his behalf. Are y'all with me? So, so that's a biblical precedence that God is sending supernatural help when you pray. And so the church is in some little house somewhere and they're praying without ceasing. And while they're praying, the angel shows up, kicks Peter in the side and says, get up. So Peter gets up. And the angel says, put your shoes on, put your coat on, and his chains fell off. And the church is praying without ceasing. And the church is praying without ceasing. What if they'd have give up when he was dressed? What if they would have quit praying when the first phase of their miracle had done been accomplished? What if you give up on your children when God has finally kicked them on the side and they have stood up and their chains have fell off and you quit praying and you give up? What if you're praying for a miracle and it's finally starting to stand up on its feet, a healing in your body, and you get discouraged and quit praying? But the Bible says the angel grabbed him by the hand, went to the first ward, and the door opened. And the church prayed without ceasing. What if they were coming out? 
What if they were almost out? What if my miracle was almost there, but I couldn't see him yet? I couldn't see it yet. My God, is anybody in this house? And I gave up praying when he doesn't come through the second phase. Then your Bible says they went through the second ward. And Peter didn't even know. He was confused. He didn't know how he was getting, how far he was getting. He didn't know how this is happening. What if you're praying for something that God is working right now and is bringing that thing out one step at a time, but because you can't see what God is doing, you keep praying halfway through. But the church kept praying without ceasing. And then the Bible says, maybe you're praying for somebody that God is working in their life and they don't even understand why they're talking like they're talking. They don't even understand why they're desiring what they're desiring. They don't even understand, amen, how they're moving from that dimension to this dimension. And they may not be at the dimension God wants them to be, but at least they're not where they used to be and it was your prayer without ceasing that has been bringing them every step of the way. What if our community is about to be revolutionized? What if God is dealing with hearts and lives in every area? Amen. But because we don't see no change, we, we look back and, and, and get distracted. And finally the Bible says he walked up to the iron gate and the garden gate opened up, and Peter said, now I know this is God. Now I know this is God. I just want to encourage you. I don't know what you're praying for, but wait. Wait. Don't lose heart. Hold fast to your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Hold fast to your faith. Hold on. Hold on to the same diligence you started with, he said. Amen. Just follow the example. Amen. You have need of endurance that after you have done the will of God, you're going to inherit the promise. Look at this. Look at this. Psalm 62, 1. Write this in your notes. Psalm 62, 1, 1 2, and 5. Truly, my soul silently waits for God. From Him comes my salvation. He only, somebody shout only. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense and I shall not be moved. My soul waits silently for God alone. You got to be careful in this time you're in because you'll start twisting your soul with something else. You got to be careful. You'll start covenanting with what the doctor said. You'll start tying the knot. You'll start becoming one with the way that loved one's acting. You, 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 you'll start looking, looking at the situation. David said, no, sir. No, sir. I will trust in God alone. I'll not look for another route out. I'll not covenant with anything else. 
I stand in agreement with what God said about my situation because he raised his right hand and said, I swear I'm going to bless you and I swear I'm going to multiply you. Amen. Listen to me, moms and dads. He said, your seed is going to possess the gate of their enemy. Your sons and daughters are going to be powerful. They're going to be blessed upon the earth. Is anybody listening to me? I need you to get this word. Amen. Your seed. Amen. Now I choose to tie my soul to that word rather than to their actions. I choose, amen. I don't know what your spouses is going through or your family is going through, amen. But God said, David said, I'm going to wait upon the Lord and Him only. Am I going to trust? I don't trust me. I'm not going to trust help from another direction. I'm not going to start thumbing. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I want you to listen to me. I am giving you stuff right now that will ultimately change your situation. Did I say it was going to be easy? Absolutely not. Do not twist your, your, your soul. Do not become one with the negativity in your life. Do not become one with those voices that are saying anything contrary to what God says about you. Do not become one with anything anybody's saying about you contrary to what. Look at this scripture. I'm working Nisha today because I wanted you to be able to see him. Psalms 135 and 6. Somebody shout, wait. Wait. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And his word do I hope. His word is what I put my hope in. I put my hope in his word. Not in the circumstances. Because circumstances are going to change. Amen. I put my hope in the word. My soul waits for the Lord more than those that watch for the morning. Catch this. I'm going to let you go. But he said, my soul waits for God more than those who watch for the morning. Yes, more than those who watch for the morning. It's talking about a watchman that is in a dark night. He's in a dark night. And the only thing that enables him to stand in a dark night is he knows without a shadow of a doubt that sun is going to come up here in a little bit. So it's what I know about what's about to happen that has given me peace in the midst of my... There's somebody's word right now, amen. He said, why? Because everybody knows there's never been a day when the sun did not come up in the morning. Can I get a witness? So I know I'm in a dark spot right now. I'm in hell right now. But I know that sun's coming. And he said, I got more expectation of God showing up than you do that the sun is coming up in the morning. Man, that's expectation. Matter of fact, if we were able to do the statistics, there's more hope of me and my God than in you that the sun's coming up in the morning. Because it might not. But he done swore he's going to bless me. Can y'all wrap your minds around that? <laughs> do you ever worry? Has anybody in this house ever went to bed worried that the sun... Have you? I mean, really. If any of y'all say yes, I'm going to say you. You need a sozo. Have you? You might have went to bed not knowing if you're going to wake up in the morning, but have you ever went to bed with the thought that 
just wonder if that sun's going to rise. <laughs> what are you laughing at, J.W.? I just wonder, is the sun coming up in the morning? Hmm. I'm going to take a sleeping pill so I can go sleep because I'm, not just, I'm just worried the sun ain't going to come up in the morning. David said, my soul hopes more and stands in greater expectation that God is going to show up for me. I need somebody to receive that right now. I need you to receive that right now. I so expect it that whatever I'm going through, it, it enables me to stand in the darkness. I, I would have fainted had I not believed and stood in expectation that he's going to show up on my behalf. Amen. I need you to help me with this altar call right now. I need you to reach over and grab somebody and shake them. Tell them. Tell them. He won't be late. Come on, you got to preach to them. Because there's some people sitting <laughs> beside you, and you may be one of them, that are fighting battles that maybe nobody else understands. Amen. But God told me to bring this word to you that you can count on it. He won't be late. He, he, he won't be late. But here, here's the challenge. You got to wait for him. You got to wait for him. You got to tie yourself to him. When everything else is telling you, you better go find another route. When they were wanting to get in them little skills, Paul said, except you abide, you'll not be saved. Cut it loose and stand your ground. And just keep on praying. And just keep on worshiping. And just keep on praising. In thee only will I trust. You only are my salvation, O oh God. You only are my deliverance, O oh God. You, 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 you only, and because my expectations coming from you, I won't be moved because I'm tired. Yes, I guarantee this right here is a picture of some of you right now. Your old soul is thinking everything, feeling everything, but if you're tied to him, if your soul is anchored to him, when the storm's all said and done, people are going to say, we heard of the endurance of Job. We heard. We heard of the endurance of Jennifer. And now we have seen the goodness of our God. Maybe he's positioning you to be an instrument that brings glory and honor to him. But you got to wait. You got to wait. Stand with me all over this building. I just don't need anybody moving right now because I have felt the weight of this message all week long. I have felt your pain 
in a collective way. I don't know how to explain that, but as a pastor, I guess you got to be a pastor to understand pastoring a body. And I felt it. And you're dealing with one thing, but I see many things that maybe you don't even know about going on on the left side of this church. And maybe the left side don't know what's going on over here. But I get the collective panoramic view. And while you're talking to me, I'm trying to personalize with you. And I got 10 more. That if I don't feel the feelings of your infirmities, I'm not going to be able to minister to you properly. So I felt that this week. And I've had to train myself, don't get sunk by this situation because there's 10 more. There's 10 more that's dependent on somebody, somebody to stay steady. They're dependent on somebody to speak a steady word, to have some steady feelings and emotions. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Don't feel sorry for me. It's the way it's supposed to be. It's the way it's supposed to be. So I felt that this week, and I haven't taken this sermon lightly. But I, I, I have to present it in a way that not to simplify or to be insincere. But you got to leave here where the truth is, in spite of all the things you think you need because of your dilemma and your crisis, God said, I need you to bring it into, funnel it down, funnel it down, bring it to a funnel so I can leave here with one thing because I'm distracted with many things. And it's in the scripture, it says, you have need of endurance. That's what you need. Quit scratching and scurrying around. Don't leave your post. Don't thumb a ride. Oh, God, I hope y'all feel my spirit and not just my words. Don't thumb a ride with someone else, with something else, with a manufactured artificial feeling. Manufactured artificial, I got to do this myself when God's saying, he that's going to come will come. Can y'all receive that? He will come. But the question is, is he going to find you in that state of faith? Is he going to find you in that state of faith? Or is he going to get there and say, where have you laid him? Where have you laid Lazarus? I, I know God knows everything, but he did ask a question. Where have you laid him? I wonder if he asked where have you laid him because... Maybe he thought they may have laid him in the back room waiting on him to get there. I wonder if he was wondering, you know, where did you put him waiting on me to get here? Only to be led past the house to the graveyard. Now I know where your faith is because we went to the graveyard. You buried what you should have waited for me on. Somebody's buried a dream because you didn't wait. 
Somebody's buried a promise. Because everything went haywire and he's dead and he's stinking by now. And the Bible says when he saw where they laid him, Jesus wept. I beg to differ from any preacher I've ever heard preach. He wasn't weeping because a good friend died. Because the Bible says he was chagrined, snorted, in disgust that they took something he intended to live on and buried it. Oh, as your pastor, I want to encourage you, don't bury your miracle. Don't bury your promise. Wait! 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 Tie yourself to the word until your emotions see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I, well, I was going to say, I want to apologize for this testimony, but I will never apologize for this testimony because when God did it, I told him I'd use it all over the country and I'd use it and I'd use it and I have used it for, for 25, 30, 25 years or more. It's when they diagnosed my baby girl with brain damage. They diagnosed Lacey went into convulsions. Her eyes rolled back in her head. She had a brain trauma, a head trauma, which led to brain damage. She had a bad crash out of her house. And, and he said, this is irreversible. All you can do is put her on this medication and do this and this and this. Don't let her go to school. Don't let her climb on monkey bars. Don't let her ride a horse. Don't let her take a bath when you're not watching because she's going to have another one and this baby could drown because she loses all control. You're going to have to watch her for the rest of her life and she's going to be anemic and you're going to have to bring her in for blood. And everybody around us was saying, the, 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 the spiritual community was saying, you got to use wisdom. You got to use wisdom now, Dean. You got to use wisdom. You got to do. I'm not knocking doctors. I'm giving you my testimony, okay? You got to use wisdom. You got to listen. They know what they God does give you wisdom. But something in the back of our hearts was saying, wait! Wait! Wait on me! Don't bail out! Don't thumb another ride. He that's coming is going to come. And he will not delay. He'll not be late. I left there with that doctor's report and fell on my face. Went back to, I was a logger then. Not lawyer, logger. Fell on my face in front of all them loggers that was eating lunch and said, crying like a baby. I didn't care what nobody thought. My baby's got brain damage. My baby's got brain damage. God is light. Because we prayed for two weeks waiting on them tests. If ever I thought he was late, I thought he was late then. But somehow, somehow, I don't know how, God gave me and my wife, we stood virtually alone. Well, actually someone out of state called and encouraged you one day. But the community I was in was telling me, you got to thumb a ride. You got to thumb a ride. But somehow the grace held us. And we waited. 
And we waited. And we waited. And we said, He only is my salvation. God only is our deliverance. I fell across an altar in a young Christian and said, God, if you're going to take her, you're going to take her. But I'll never preach. I'll never be able to preach to anybody that God will not let you down if we don't take our stand. <laughs> do whatever you're going to do. But my ministry is over if I don't wait. With a wife right there on my arm. And let me tell you, wasn't it, baby? Our soul was in a night. I was perplexed. I questioned God. Am I supposed to be listening to these spiritual people that's been saved longer than me? Am I supposed to be taking another route? But something in me was saying, oh, don't throw away your confidence. Don't throw away your confidence. Hold on to what you believe. Hold on to what you believe. Long story short, today my daughter never had another convulsion. Totally healed the brain damage. That I know God is my wish if I hadn't awaited if I hadn't awaited, she would be anemic today. If I hadn't awaited, she may not have even made it. If I hadn't waited, oh, it takes so much grace to wait. Don't it? Don't take no grace to shout. Y'all got to bear with me. I feel the Holy Spirit. It don't take grace to get a prophetic word. It don't take no grace. It takes grace in the delay. It takes grace when the symptoms are still there. It takes grace to wait. When the child don't make it. When the situation does go in a different direction. It takes grace. But I'm here to tell you, God said, I swear, I'm going to bless you. Give me James 5. Oh, never mind, Nisha. No, 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 you're in here. James 5 says, we count them happy that endure. I'm so happy. Lacey's so happy. My grandbabies are... So oh! I'm so happy. I'm so happy we endured. I'm so happy. Happy means blessed. I'm so happy that we so tired ourselves to his word that we were twisted in it. We we're in covenant with it. And I refused. We refused to covenant with anything else. Pastor, you trying to beat no, I ain't trying to beat you up. I've just come to tell you that you've been heavy on my heart all week. And the Lord, your father, says, wait. And ever nearly ever every scripture I read was David saying, So, so. You're going to wait. So, you're going to wait. Feelings, feelings, 
Come on, there's an impartation coming right now. If you got the Holy Ghost, you ought to just spray it in the Spirit right now. Amen. If you don't, you ought to start praying right now for impartation. There's a new strength. Right now's the time. I just heard the Holy Ghost say, right now's the time. I've been in a cycle. I keep falling. I keep falling. Amen. But now you've got doctrine. David said, soul, soul, you're going to wait on God only. You're going to wait. Feelings, you're going to wait. Feelings. God just gave me a picture. Naaman needed to be healed of, of, of leprosy. And he said, you're going to have to go dip seven times. Seven times is not about numerical value. It's divine completion. It's about until it's finished. So, so, so Naaman had to dip and come up with symptoms. Dip, come up with symptoms. Who am I preaching to? Dip and come up with symptoms. And halfway through, he could have quit. Amen. But he had to keep on dipping. I need to help somebody right now. I know you ain't seen nothing yet, but endure. Keep on dipping. How long have I got to dip until you come up and you are made whole? But don't quit dipping. Tip until it's done. Tip until it's done. Tip until it's done. I just heard the Holy Spirit say, This is for somebody right quick. It's true, you're not in this alone. You're not in it alone. You got a church body. You got people who love you. You may have a spouse. You're not in it alone, technically. But I just heard the Holy Spirit say, this is a battle designed for you. That nobody else can win this battle for you. No one else can endure for you. Oh my God, that's a prophetic word right there. Thank God for all my helps. Thank God for good people around me. But God is trying to take you past feelings and emotions into a level of healing mentally, spiritually, physically that you've never been and you may even feel like you're alone to a certain degree because we can't relate maybe to what you're going through. But I just heard the Holy Spirit say, it's by divine design. This is yours. This is yours. This is yours. You can't thumb a ride on this one. Oh, my God. Holy Spirit's doing something right now. You can't thumb a ride on this one. He said, I will hope only in the word. This is for you. And you're going to be happy. And you're going to be happy. We count them happy that endured. My God, is anybody receiving this this morning? I know it's different and it's even peculiar and maybe a little uncomfortable. But we heard of the perseverance of Job and then we saw the glory of God. What you're going through is so others can see the glory of God. But if you don't wait, if you don't wait. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.